Welcome to the WellFed Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Gordon. I'm a certified health and nutrition coach with an online private practice on a mission to help women just like you eat well and love their bodies. In this podcast, I'm creating a space where we can chat candidly about what it looks like to be well-fed, not just nutritionally, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Well-Fed Podcast. I am so excited for today's conversation because the topic of today is one of my most asked questions and one of the most common struggles among all of my clients. We are chatting today about how to overcome food guilt. The questions I get sound a little bit like this. How do I not feel guilty after eating something? Or, Katie, I feel so bad about myself when I eat certain foods. How do I make that stop? Or, I have so much anxiety about food around the holidays. How do I prevent that? Sound familiar? Maybe you've asked the same questions before. I know I have. But before we dive into the nature of and solution to these questions, let me paint a picture for you. Here's the scene. It's girls' night. You're going out to dinner with your closest friends at a bougie restaurant with the best cheese plates and wine pairings. You've been eating well all week in preparation for this indulgent night. And the commentary around the table goes a little something like this. Gosh, I haven't had cheese in so long. I've been saving up for this all week. Anyone want to go on a run tomorrow to work all this off? I cannot believe I'm eating this much. It is literally sinful. And maybe your internal dialogue goes a little something like this. I feel so fat. I should not be eating this. Okay, I've had about four pieces of cheese, five crackers, maybe just a couple more and I'll be done. I'll be done. I'll just skip breakfast in the morning. It's fine. I'll be fine. I just won't eat as much tomorrow. And then when you get home, this dialogue could turn into, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Why do we always pick that stupid restaurant? Okay, okay, no dairy for the rest of the week. Obviously, these feelings aren't strictly reserved for eating out or wine and cheese. Women experience these thoughts and feelings in private, at the family dinner table, on vacation, etc., etc. The list goes on. But here's the thing. Those feelings shouldn't really be present at all. There's a way to, to prevent it. Food shame is unfortunately common for a variety of reasons. You know, it's something that I've experienced firsthand, which I've talked to you a little bit about before, but it's also something I've managed to overcome, and now I help women all over the world do the same. For me, it used to be any sweets, any sweets, any carbs, salty foods, and then drinks other than water. Okay, yeah, I know when you think about all the foods that fit into those categories, It is a pretty long list. So how exactly did that list or anyone else's list come into existence? Why are there foods or food groups that make us feel guilty if consumed? Well, there are actually several answers to this question, but in order to work through these feelings and overcome food guilt, like we all want and deserve to do, then we have to talk about why it's there to begin with. So this is where we're going to start. We're going to start with why we experience food guilt, and then we're going to move into how we overcome food guilt. Okay, so for starters, we operate in a culture hyper fixated on ideal body types. Okay, think about this. For decades, certain bodies have been praised, 
worshipped, sought after, and even envied. For example, in 1910, the quote-unquote perfect body was a soft, curvy body with a small waist. In the 1920s, it was a straighter, petite figure. Okay, fast forward to the 1950s, and it was this hourglass shape. 1980s, we idolized the long-legged supermodel. In the 2000s, we wanted the washboard abs. And in the 2010s, it was all about the booty. And now the standards have become so unrealistic, y'all, it's kind of ridiculous. We're expected to be thin, but not too thin, muscular, but not too muscular, tall, but not too tall, have curves, but not too curvy. Uh, It's actually atrocious. And we constantly see women trying to fit themselves into whatever mold is accepted and praised at the time. I actually want to encourage you to open up this conversation with your mom or your grandmother or even both and talk about this decade-transcending struggle among women with them. Get their input. Share stories because truly none of us are alone in this. I tell you all the time that there is power in community, and I firmly believe that here. We see these bodies represented in movies and TV shows, on the cover of magazines, described in books, plastered on ads and the products that we buy, and now we see them promoted on our For You page on social media platforms. So naturally, our human desire to be loved and accepted just kicks in, and we feel the urge to conform to the socially accepted norm. And this usually results in diets, which leads me to our next point. Diets are a huge reason why we experience food guilt and shame. Because of the culture that we are a part of, we then live in a diet-focused world tailored to women specifically. In fact, the diet and weight loss industry is worth a record $72 billion right now. Y'all, think about this. Take a second and get mad about this, okay? The diet and weight loss industry is worth $72 billion. How absurd is that? Does that not make you furious? And most of these products and marketing tactics and gimmicks are tailored directly to you, to women of your age, of your stage of life. It's tailored directly to you. We are inundated with ads and social media influencers and commercials and tactics that, like I said, talk directly to us, repeatedly telling us that our bodies aren't good enough as they are, that diets will make us happier, skinnier, even prettier. And we are told that diets equate to health, that diets are how we take care of our body. But listen to me here. The irony in this is that 90 to 95% of diets do not work. And over half of the people who diet gain all, if not more, of that weight back within one to five years. Yet we still try diet after diet, constantly throwing money into a fire for things like meal replacements and meal plans, Weight Watchers, Noom, Faster Way to to Fat Loss. The list literally goes on and on. And for what? Why do we do this? Truly, when we get down to the root of it, it's because of insecurity that was created due to the culture we live in that is hyper-fixated on appearance and body types. The belief that you need to diet and restrict to be healthy and avoid weight gain is actually what is keeping you from being healthy. You see, restriction does not equal health, and diets do not equal health. And the problem here is that we have more people telling us they do rather than informing us with the truth. 
So let's be clear, okay, no particular food makes you gain weight. We have to really understand that, which then means dieting and restricting those foods can often backfire. Let me tell you why, okay? Diets and severe restriction lead to a very high chance that you won't be able to sustain those habits or maintain that weight in the long run. Weight cycling and extreme dieting are really hard on your body, okay? It affects your hormones, your metabolism, your digestive function, your, your mental health. They all take a really hard hit when we're restricting and we're dieting, okay? Not to mention that toxic relationship with food that it creates. If you haven't listened to episode three that covers toxic relationships with food in depth, I highly recommend pressing pause and going to take a listen, then popping back over here and picking up right where you left off. True health looks like healing your relationship with food, adopting sustainable and constructive habits, and learning how to take care of your body apart from diets and food rules. You see, ladies, your life's purpose isn't to lose weight and maintain a perfect diet, okay? Despite what you've been told, please hear me when I say that there is nothing wrong with your body, absolutely nothing wrong with your body. There's nothing wrong with the way that you look. And, you know, if no one's told you today, you are beautiful. You are exactly how you need to be. The grass isn't greener when you shrink yourself or stick to a diet for a few months. Engaging in diets and really rigid, strenuous workouts to heal your body image truly only makes it worse. A recent study was published in the Journal of Eating Behaviors, and it compared restrictive diets and intuitive eating among a large sample group of both men and women. And the study found that intuitive eating uniquely and consistently presented lower levels of disordered eating and body image concerns. Now, we can talk about intuitive eating on another day, but what I want you to take away from that is that diets and restriction aren't the answer to healthy eating and self-confidence. So when we're talking about why we experience food guilt and food shame, so far we have determined that our culture the diet industry, and our own insecurities can lead to those feelings of guilt and shame when we're eating, okay? Now, another reason we experience food guilt is because for most of our lives, we have used food as a reward. Think about it, you know, getting ice cream when you did well on a test, going out for drinks when you scored your first job. The list truly could go on and on. We talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but essentially when we use food as a reward, we are conditioning ourselves to believe that certain foods must be earned, and if we consume said foods without feeling like we've earned them, then we feel guilty for eating them because we are quote-unquote undeserving. Makes pretty good sense, right? And then finally, food guilt happens because we assign food morality. I talk about this concept quite a bit. In fact, I've talked about it in the previous two podcast episodes. So I want to share another perspective with you. Here's what a 2017 health.com article has to say about it. Glennis Oyston, an LA-based dietitian, says, as a culture, we've fully bought into this myth that if we eat the right foods in the right amounts, we will achieve the ideal body shape. We're sure it's just a matter of trying hard enough. And then this article goes on to say that the flip side is that eating any quote-unquote wrong food is, isn't merely unhealthy, it's considered a huge failure of willpower, okay? So we, when we categorize foods as good or bad, we're really categorizing ourselves as good or bad, strong or weak, worthy or unworthy, thus perpetuating those feelings of guilt. 
So with all of these things in mind, how do we even begin to ditch the food guilt altogether? We've talked about how culture, diet industry, insecurities, using food as a reward, and assigning food morality all contribute to feelings of guilt and shame. I get it if you think that overcoming this seems a little bit impossible. There's a lot against us in this battle, but it is 100% doable. I'm going to walk you through five steps you can take to begin eliminating food shame and guilt from your life. You ready? The very first thing we can do to guard ourselves from that guilt and shame is to avoid diets and dietary rules altogether. Now, I know this is probably easier said than done, but hear me out. When we rely too much on rules and numbers and structure to govern our food-making decisions, then eating all of a sudden becomes a job in which we must perform well rather than a life-giving activity that can be enjoyed. We should be focused on how food makes us feel. It's not a numbers game. We always want to prioritize nourishment over numbers. And when we recognize this, the pressure disappears, the, the immense pressure to eat perfectly and stick to our diet and do the right thing, it all goes away. Now, avoiding diets and dietary rules, again, easier said than done. We are surrounded with uh, lots of people and marketing tactics and products telling us that we should be engaging in diets and we should be following rules when we eat. But, But listen to me, you know your body better than anyone else, right? You are the judge of what you should be eating. You are the one that gets to call the shots, okay? You are in control of your body and the decisions that you make to serve it. So embrace that part of it, okay? Take advantage of the fact that you have the power here. Avoid the diets. Avoid the dietary rules. Eat when you're hungry. Stop when you're full. Eat really great, nutritious meals, but also make room for the things that you absolutely love. And this takes us into our second step. Number two, focus on adding and not restricting. Okay, too often we focus on what we can't or shouldn't have. Instead, focus on what you can add to your meals, what you can add to your snacks, what you can add to your day to increase the nutritional benefit of what you're eating. For instance, pizza night, cool, enjoy it, get the pizza that you want, but you know what, maybe add a side Caesar salad for more fiber, you still get to enjoy the pizza, you get what you want, but you're also getting extra nutrients, and that's a win-win, right? There are multiple ways to take care of our body through nutrition. Obviously, part of that includes the nutrient-dense foods, the, the fiber, the protein, the carbs, the healthy fats, but that also means acknowledging our wants and our cravings and our desires and finding a balance within those two things. Okay, number three, and of course, I have mentioned this before, but ditch the good versus bad food mentality. Food has no morality. We've talked about it. It's not good or bad. And what you eat doesn't make you a good or bad person. Food is food. Yes, it has differing tastes and nutritional value, but it's all a source of energy. So let's not label our foods, okay? Take it one meal at a time. Simply focus on what you need and what you want in that moment. It's a balancing act of honoring both of those things. Number four, be kind to your body and increase positive self-talk. A lot of times we engage in these diets or we experience food guilt because of insecurities that we have with our own bodies, as if we shouldn't have eaten something because we are not worthy of eating that, 
or we need to lose weight or look differently and eating this particular food is not going to contribute to that cause, okay? So lift yourself up, fill yourself with positive affirmations, recognize the goodness of who you are, recognize the goodness of your body and everything that it does for you, and be kind to yourself. Give your body what it needs, but also give your body what it wants because both of those things are important. Again, for the third time, it is a balancing act. And number five, the last thing, Recognize your hunger and fullness cues. Our bodies have natural instincts and patterns and cues that it gives us in order to tell us that it needs some fuel or it is satisfied, okay? It's our job to acknowledge those things. And when we do, then our body's natural appetite rhythm will become in sync and it's easier to stop when we're full. It's easier to listen and take action when we are hungry. This also helps prevent overeating or undereating because we're able to acknowledge these things. Now, it takes some time, it takes some practice, but I encourage you to really pay attention to your body and what it needs in that moment? Are you feeling tired and sluggish? Is your stomach growling? Has it been a long time since you've eaten your last meal? Those could be indicators that you need some fuel. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? You're not stuffed, but you're not hungry. These are indicators that you are full and satisfied. Okay, so pay attention to those hunger and fullness cues. This is just another way that we can take care of our body and neglecting this deprives our body of essential nutrients and adequate energy. It needs to function and it otherwise leads to overindulgence later as we ignore both hunger and fullness cues. Be aware when your body is telling you it is satisfied. Don't ignore these things. Enjoy your food when you're eating it and pay attention to how it's making your body feel. Listen, you deserve to be free from the food guilt and the food shame. You know, life is too short to pass on mom's pumpkin pie, to avoid the Halloween candy, to skip the s'mores, to turn down the hot chocolate, and to really miss out on the simple joys that come with this holiday season. So I encourage you to really acknowledge these things that contribute to food guilt and food shame, the culture we live in, the diet industry itself, our own insecurity from those two things, giving food morality, and also using food as a reward or coping mechanism. If we acknowledge those things, then we're better equipped to move forward and work through them. And remember these five things that we talked about. Really pursue these mindset shifts, okay? And then remember, your body is a vessel that allows you to fulfill your purpose, okay? Your body itself is not your purpose. It is not an object to be tweaked and perfected and altered, okay? It allows you to do the great things that you love to do. It allows you to thrive. So when you catch yourself worrying about a diet, worrying about calories, or feeling those intense feelings of food guilt and shame, remind yourself that diets and restriction and calories and rules don't have to dictate your decisions. I encourage you to reach out to me with all of your questions as you navigate this journey and overcome the food guilt and the food shame. I am so thankful that you're here. I am so excited to be in community with you and I can't wait to chat again. Until next time.